I believe a word came up in my heart this morning as I was just kind of preparing to come to church. And I believe it was this. Make sure that you avoid the drains this holiday season. If you want to beat the holiday blues, avoid drains. You may be seated. Now what is a drain? A drain is really anything that zaps you of energy. Do you know what the drains are, the things are that drain you? I guess not. Well, I know the things that drain me. And I know how to avoid them. I know how to resist them. So I just want to encourage you to avoid the drains. Avoid, avoid fleshiness. Avoid being fearful. Amen? Avoid overthinking things. Amen? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word of the Lord today. We thank you for great insight into the scripture. We give you praise that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us. We cannot thank you enough for all of the good things that you've done in our lives. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name, what? For he shall save his people from their sins. Amen? Aren't you glad that you're saved from going to hell? You know, Savior simply means one who keeps us safe and sound. One who rescues us from danger and from destruction, from injury or peril. To save means to save one from perishing. To save one that may be suffering from a disease. To make well, to heal, and to restore to health. I'm glad that He is our Savior. Amen. Amen. He is your rescuer, He is your healer, and He is your deliverer. Verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Well, I've got great news for you this morning. God is with you. And God is love. Love is with you no matter what. And we must remind ourselves continually that God is with us in these times. He's with you in your family. He's with you in your business. He's with you in difficult times. He's with you in good times. Say it with me. My God, Emmanuel, He is with me. And so as the book of Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, there is nothing to fear, for I am with you. Don't look around and tear and be dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you and I will harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you and I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. I am so glad that you are being upheld by Emmanuel. That you are being upheld by the word of his power. That you are being upheld by God with us. Amen. You know, David said that he's with us in the valley of the shadow of death. Psalms 91, 14 says that he is with you in trouble to deliver you and to honor you. Woo, glory to God. He's with you. He's for you. He is on your side. Now, God never said we wouldn't have any troubles, did he? But he did said, I'll be with you in trouble. Some people are content to say, well, the Lord is with me. No, thank God. He's not just with you there. He's with you to bring you out. For many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord thy God who is with you will deliver you from all of your troubles. I prophesy you today for every test that you're going through, there is a triumph in Christ. Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2 says it this way. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you're not going to drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Save me, the flames will not consume me. I'm not going under, I'm going over. I'm not drowning. I'm the head, not the tail. Glory to God. He is Emmanuel. He is God with you. He is Emmanuel. He is God for you. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 8, 31, Paul writing said, What shall we say to these things? Verse 31, What shall we say to these things? If God be for me, ha ha, who can be against me? If Emmanuel be with you, if Emmanuel be for you, what difference is it that whatever comes against you? Amen. With God on your side, how can you lose? And then dropping down to verse 37, he says, Nay, in all these things. In other words, no. I don't care what these things are because none of these things are going to move me. I'm not moved by the circumstance. I'm moved by the God who lives on the inside of me. And greater is he that is in me, that is for me, that is with me, than he that is in the world. And he said, Nay, no, 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 no. In all these things... We are more than conquerors through Emmanuel who loves us. Woo! Glory to God. The psalmist said in Psalm 118, 6 and 7, The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere man people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. Oh, glory to God. Say with me, I'm looking in triumph at those enemies arrayed against me. See, when you see your enemies, you ought to see triumph. When you see your enemies, you ought to see victory. Why? Because he's for us and he's with us. But this Emmanuel is also in us. Woo, glory to God. I said he's also in us. 
I don't have a long word today, but I have a word that will help you. I have a word that will inspire you. I have a word for this season that will help you soar through this season and go into 2024 with a great expectation of hope and a great expectation of a bright future. Here's what Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ. Christ, he lives in me. <laughs> Woo, girly God. Christ lives in you. Jesus, Emmanuel, lives in you. Amen. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. What I want you to see is that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is the righteousness of God in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is complete in him. If any man be in Christ, we have redemption. If any man be in Christ, we can do all things through this Christ who strengthens us. Glory to God. I think we need to be in Christ minded. We need to be God inside minded, not trouble around us minded. Not what's going on in the political scene around us minded. Not what's going on all over the world minded. But greater is he minded that lives in us than he that is in the world. Amen. He's in us. He lives in us. And he is greater than the hopelessness that is in this world. He's greater than the hopelessness and the despondency which is in this world. And if you look around you, you will look and you will see a lot of hopeless people. And the reason why many are hopeless is because they're outside of the covenant. They've not yet come into the kingdom of God. But we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we can tell people about Jesus. And we can lead people to Jesus so that men and women can have hope. Amen. Amen. And as a Christian sometimes, there's hopeless situations that come our way. There's despondent seasons that come our way. But oh, thank God, we do not have to live a hopeless life. Because He is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. As a matter of fact, in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27, it says that Christ in us is the hope of glory. Emmanuel in you, the hope of glory. The hope, hallelujah, of the manifest presence of God. Look at Colossians 1, 27. And I want us to read that together. Ready, read. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. It used to be a mystery, right? But thank God the mystery has been uncovered. When you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it was no longer a mystery to you. It was uncovered and it was revealed that Jesus Christ, this Emmanuel, Christ in you, lives in you, and he is the hope of glory. See, I didn't know that growing up. 
I thought Christ was just, you know, someone on the wall, a statue here and a statue there. I had no personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But oh, thank God there came a day where I gave my heart to Jesus and that which has covered my eyes and that which has blinded me, praise God, dissipated. Amen. And the mystery revealed in my life. How many of you can say today, thank God Christ is in me and it's no longer a mystery. Now notice this verse again. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now one definition of glory is goodness. When you talk about the glory of God, you're talking about the goodness of God. Is that right? And so we could say it like this. Christ in us, the expectation of his goodness showing up in every area of my life. Is not the Lord good? Have you tasted? Have you seen that the Lord is good? Oh, thank God. He is good all the time and all the time he is good. Now I've discovered this, that the more we talk about his goodness, the more goodness we're going to see in our life. The more that you talk about the favor of God, the more favor you're going to see in your life. So Christ is in you and he is the hope, which means the expectation. He is the expectation of the goodness of God occurring in your life. Amen. How many of you could uh, use a little goodness showing up in your life? Amen. Absolutely. So keep your expectors out. Keep expecting this God of glory to manifest himself in your life. Amen. I'm telling you what, folks. Hope is a confident, favorable expectation. We could say it this way. When a person has hope, he has a vision. Hope enables you to see. Hope enables you to see and have a vision for a better and a brighter future. Amen. So this hope is on the inside of you. Because now abideth, amen, faith, hope, and love. Amen. The hope of God lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. When there is hope for tomorrow, there is strength for today. Amen. Say it with me. When there's hope for tomorrow, there's strength for today. And I'm telling you, folks, you've got to learn to be resilient. I said, you've got to learn to be resilient. You're looking at one of the most resilient people that you'll ever meet. Somebody says, have you ever gotten knocked down? Oh, yeah, I've been knocked down. But you know what? I refuse to be knocked out. There's a difference between being knocked down and being knocked out. Amen. When you're knocked down, he's right there to put you back on your feet. He's right there to put you back on your feet and set you on a course. See, the devil tries to take us off of our course. He'll bring all sorts of stupid stuff. He'll bring all sorts of circumstances. He'll bring all sorts of things to pull you down and pull you off your course. And I think that's happened to some of us in this house. But make sure that you don't stay down. There's no sin in being knocked down. The sin is in staying down. 
Amen. Don't stay down because resurrection power will lift you up and hold you up. Amen. See, we need to be resilient in this day and in this hour. Being resilient, praise God. Wiping our, you know, our, the dust off our feet and continuing to flow in the power of the Holy Ghost. Continuing to believe to see the goodness of God in the land of our life. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I do not want to turn this service into a top, top this trial testimony service. We've all been through it. But, oh, thank God, I can see by the look in your eye that you have gone through. Amen. And you're making it to the other side. Glory to God. Amen. John Maxwell says it this way. He says this, if there is hope in the future, there is power in the present. If there's hope in the future... There's power in the present. And I added this statement to push through your problems. So I'm going to say it like this. If there's hope in the future, there's power in the present to push through the problems. So I'm here this morning to encourage you. And I want one thing I want to ask you to do is to hold fast to your hope. Don't let it go. Don't give up. Don't let your hope go. Don't do it. Because Proverbs says it like this. In Proverbs 13, 22, it says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, when a person is down on the inside, when something has not quite yet happened, what they expected to happen, oftentimes it causes the heart to stoop. But when the desire comes... It is a tree of life. Now, I like how the, uh, the message says it. The message says this. Unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick. Oh, but a sudden good break. I said, but a sudden good break can turn life around. Woo, glory to God. A sudden good break. How many of you are believing for some suddenlies? So don't allow your hopes to fade. Believe for suddenlies. Believe for sudden breakthroughs. He's the God of suddenlies. He can turn your situation around at the snap of a finger. Amen. But you've got to hold fast to your hope. Now, the writer to the book of Hebrews says something interesting to us. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, in the 23rd verse, let's read this together. Ready, read. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. Now keep that up there. Let us seize and let us hold fast and retain without wavering the hope that we cherish. And then it goes on to say, confess it, acknowledge it as a way of life. Amen. So don't allow your hopes to waver. Amen. Hold fast and don't let go. Now here's what happens when you hold fast to your hope. It anchors your soul. Your mind is where the battle is. 
The mind is where the arena of faith is. The mind is where the enemy will come and bring his lies. And so what we need to understand is this. Just because the lies come, we don't have to yield to them. Just because the lies of the enemy come, we do not have to acknowledge them. We do not have to confess them. We do not have to say what Satan brings to our soul. Amen. And that's why it's so vital that we make sure that our minds are renewed on a regular basis. And to renew our minds, we cannot be conformed to this age. Amen. We cannot afford to think like the world thinks. We cannot afford to act like the world acts or live like the world lives. But we are to live in the word of God. And as we live in the word of God and abide in his word and his word dwells in us richly, we will start to think the way that God thinks. And when your mind is renewed unto overflowing, what is in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. In other words, you'll be able to reject every lie that comes to your mind. You'll know immediately that doesn't line up with the word of God. And if that doesn't line up with the word of God, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to sit there all day long and meditate on the lies of the devil. But rather, I'm going to meditate on God's good word. Amen. Last night, I woke up about, this morning, I woke up about 4.30. And I said, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to get up? I'm going to pray. So I just laid there and went back to sleep. No, I didn't. (laughs) But I said, you know what? I've got time. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to think the thoughts of God. I'm going to pray for this flock. I'm going to declare some things over our lives. Amen? And I'm going to think on healing scriptures. I'm going to think on that he bore my sin and he bore my disease. I'm going to think on Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Amen. And so as I lay there, praise God, in my heart, I just got real happy. I didn't get up and start screaming. I didn't want to wake Brenda up. But even though I was laying down, I was having revival in my soul. And you can have revival in your soul. I said, you can have revival in your soul. What is it that will trigger revival in your soul? Well, we talked about it early, the presence of God. But the word of God will also revive your soul. Amen. I don't know how we got off on all of that, but it's all good. It's just as easy for you to think the thoughts of God as it is for you to think the thoughts of the enemy. The thoughts of God and the thoughts of enemy are directly opposed to one another. Now, whose report are you going to believe? Whose witness are you going to believe? Yeah, but my flesh witnesses to me that it's in pain. Yet, but God's word witnesses to you that he bore your pain. Yeah, but my flesh witnesses to me that I have zero in my checkbook. But thank God, Jehovah Jireh witnesses to you that he is your abundant provider, that he is your abundant compensation. Whose report will you believe? See, there's all sorts of reports coming to your soul. You've got to side in with the word of God. 
No matter whether you feel like it, no matter whether you can see it or not, side in with the Word of God. Always stay on God's side. And you know what God's side is? God's side is His Word. Amen. Amen. Somebody says, yeah, but I don't understand why. And I don't understand all these types of things. Folks, that will drain you. Stop trying to understand it. Stop trying to calculate it. Stop trying to figure out why this and why that. And stand up in the name of Jesus and be resilient and declare, this is the day the Lord has made. Those things are of the past. I am a new man and I'm not yielding to that any longer. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Christ in us. He is the hope of glory. Oh, praise God. I said, praise God. And I said all that to say this, that hope will anchor your soul. It'll anchor your soul. And our souls need to be anchored. We need stability in these unstable times. If we're not going to be stable as Christians, who will be? It's our responsibility to be stable in unstable times. I want you to read this verse with me. You got to give me a little extra time. I got started a little bit late. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 through 19, read this. This is so powerful. So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort For he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time. Woo! Glory to God. Let's bring up the next verse. And unshakable, unshakable hope. Amen. Now let's look at verse 19. Verse 19 says, We have this certain hope. Like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Hold fast. It will anchor your soul. It'll keep you from drifting. It'll keep your mind at rest in turbulent waters. It will bring stability to your soul. Hope will keep you at rest. It will keep you firm and steady when your mind seems to be bombarded by thoughts of giving up. So hold fast. Hold tightly to your hope. Don't let it slip. Don't let it slip. Don't let it slip. There is a stronghold that's available to you as a Christian. And that stronghold is our high tower. And Jesus is our high tower. When the righteous run into him, they are safe. Amen. Did you know that you're at the top of the tower? Now there was a prophet back in Zechariah chapter 9 that wanted to bring encouragement to some of the Jews that were in Babylonian captivity. 
And he gave them a word based on the covenant that God had made with them. And also based on the edict that Cyrus had given them. I want you to notice this in Zechariah 9.12. It says this, return to the stronghold. Now the stronghold that that verse is referring to is Jerusalem. Return to your home. You've been exiled. You've been outside. So return to the stronghold, Jerusalem. And he says, you prisoners of hope. And he said, even today, everyone say even today. I declare I will restore double to you. Glory to God. And I got this from Matthew Poole's commentary last night and I read. They were prisoners of hope, captives in Babylon, Babylon, yet under a promise from God and under an edict from Cyrus that you shall return. And this gives them hope which makes them prisoners of expectation. Oh, glory to God. Somebody said, well, that's good for them, but how does that relate to us? I'm glad you asked. How does that relate to us? You see, prisoners of hope could describe for us those of us who have waited a long, long time for a specific prayer to be manifested. In reality, what this is, this hope is actually the prisoner. What we do when we believe we have received, and between the amen and the here it is, we lock up hope in our hearts and we refuse to allow it to escape. The word hope there means to tie down, to hold down, to bind in order to keep in place. That fits well with Hebrews 10.23. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without Wavering this hope. I'm telling you, I'm a prisoner of hope. We came here over 40 years ago with God on our mind and revival on our mind. We came here for an expectation of greater glory. Amen. And you know, we've seen a lot in the last four decades, but really we ain't seen nothing yet. I'm holding this hope deep in my heart. I'm a prisoner of hope. I'm a prisoner of expectation for great harvest and great revival, great miracles, and the goodness of God showing up in our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. There was a man that used to give people scriptures all the time. He was in one of his meetings one time, and he gave me a scripture that was so pertinent to my life. And this man was taking a flight, and he gave a scripture to a flight attendant. And the flight attendant took that scripture. And basically the scripture was about this, that her husband would be saved. And that her her husband didn't look like he could ever be saved. I mean, she was just tempted to give up. But she took that scripture that that man of God had shared with her, and she held it fast in her heart like a prisoner of hope. Glory to God. You know, sometimes you just got to hold on. Well, later on, he found out that her husband got saved. I said her husband got saved. But not only that, he started having family devotions. But not only that, he enrolled in a Bible study group. In other words, her hope resulted in a double portion. Salvation of her husband. 
and a future as a wife and minister of the gospel. Hallelujah. You know what? God gives us double for our trouble. We're believing for the double, are we not? So this season, he is Emmanuel. God with us, God for us, God in us. This season, don't give in to despondency. Put your hope in God. And praise is a way to put your hope in him. Psalm 43, 5 in the NIV says this, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, for you are my Savior and you are my God. I wonder if there's a praise in the house today. What about the rest of you? Is there a praise in the house? I said, is there a praise in the house? What about this section over here? Is there a praise in the house? How about this section here? Is there a praise in the house? How about over here? Is there a praise? Is there a praise in the house? How about over here? Is there a praise in the house? How about all together? Is there a praise? Is there a praise? Is there a praise? Is there a praise? Woo! Let there be a praise in your house. Let there be be a praise in your house this holiday season. Let there be a praise on the road. Praise him. Hallelujah. Give him the glory. Hallelujah. You're a prisoner of hope. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And then stay in God's word. Psalms 119, 114 says this. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. My hope and your hope is not in this world. Our hope is in the word of God. And then lastly, I want to encourage you to lean and look and rely heavily on the Holy Ghost. I said lean and rely heavily on the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Fellowship with the Holy Ghost during this season. Commune with him. Draw near to him. He's going to draw near to you. Amen. Put his word first place in your life. Glory to God. He will fill you. He will fill you. You know, he is the one that initially fills you with the Holy Ghost when you invite the Holy Spirit to fill you. Amen. Amen. In the baptism with the Holy Ghost. But how many of you know there are constant infillings and refillings of the Holy Spirit that are available to us? I dare say we got a good dose this morning. I dare say we got a good dose during praise and worship. Oh, hallelujah. And that's wonderful to do that corporately, but you can do this in the privacy of your own living room. You can do this in the privacy of your own automobile. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. You don't have to wait to come to church to get happy. You can get happy right in your pajamas at home. Somebody says, how do you know that? Amen. I got happy PJs. Come on. How many have ever danced in your slippers before? Amen. How many have ever sung in the shower before? Absolutely. I want to encourage you to get happy and to stay happy. I want to encourage you to get filled and stay filled. 
Well, Pastor Mark, I got filled 30 years ago, but where are you at today? Well, I'm a little dry. Well, it's time for you to take a drink. Come on. Come on. Amen. It's time for you to fill up. It's time for you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Well, did you pray in the Spirit when you got baptized in the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I prayed in the Spirit 10 years ago. Have you prayed in the Spirit recently? Well, no. Well, this gift of the Holy Ghost is not intended for us to ignore it. This gift of the Holy Ghost is intended for us to cultivate and also for us to enjoy. Folks, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you will build yourself up on your most holy faith. You will rise like an edifice higher and higher when you pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, glory to God. Well, I'm just waiting for someone to lay hands on me to be refilled. Well, now that may happen. It may not happen. But you don't need someone to lay hands on you to be filled with, refilled with the Holy Ghost. Just come, praise God, to the water. Come to the water and drink deeply in of His Spirit. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, let him come unto me and drink. See, some of you need to stop thinking so much and start drinking some more. Amen. Now, you know what it was like back there in the old days when some of you went to the bar and got drunk. You didn't get drunk on the first shot. Some of you didn't get drunk on the second shot. Some of you didn't get drunk after a six-pack. But you had to what? You had to keep drinking. I say you got to keep drinking. You got to keep drinking. You got to keep drinking. Then all of a sudden, you're staggering around like a drunk man. Glory to God, everything looks good. You're laughing at crazy things. Amen. Well, if that's true in the natural, how much more is it true in the spirit? Amen. Glory to God. Sometimes you got to keep drinking and stop thinking and keep drinking and keep drinking and keep praising and keep dancing and keep jumping and keep shouting and keep running. Glory to God. Staying full, filled with all the fullness of God. Enjoying the richest measure of his divine presence and become a person wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Amen. Oh, let's take a drink right now. Lord, come on, let's take a drink right now. Yeah, lift up your hands. Let's take a drink right now. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. When I was in my 20s, before I got born again, me and my friends would have keggers. You know what a kegger is, don't you? A kegger, somebody's going like that, amen. And you just keep drinking and drinking and drinking until you get sauced. Well, I'm not advocating you going out and getting a kegger today. But I'm advocating you drinking in of this new wine. Drinking in of this new wine taking copious amounts of the presence of the Lord. Let's try it on for size again. Come on, drink. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. I got home the other day from the office and I told Brenda, I need a drink. I mean, that would be the natural thing to do sometimes. I mean, give me a double. I need a drink. But I'm not talking about that kind of drink. I'm talking about a Holy Ghost drink. 
So what Brenda and I do a lot of times in the privacy of our own home, we have hallelujah hallway. We've got a mat in our living room. We just start shouting and dancing and rejoicing and drinking in. Amen. And you can do the same thing. God will meet you right where you're at. If you will turn your will over to him, be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. So invite him to fill you every day. Invite him to fill you afresh and anew. That could be one of your prayers every morning. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh and anew. Why do we need to be filled afresh and anew? Because quite frankly, we leak. Right? Now notice this. Avoid the drains. Amen. Now you're letting me go extra today. Thank you. I said thank you for letting me go extra. Now I was going to do it anyway. But I can see that there's nobody asleep. I can see you wanting a little bit more. How many want a little bit more? How, how, how many you want a whole lot more? Ha, 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 ha. Praise the Lord, brother. Stand up and jump. Yeah. Amen. We got a jumper right there. I'm looking for laughter leaders. What does a laughter leader do? A laughter leads a congregation in holy laughter. Amen. And to be a laughter leader, you've got to be full. Now notice this. Romans fifteen thirteen. This is in the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. This is our prayer. Now may God, the fountain of hope. Emmanuel. The fountain of hope. Fill you to overflowing, now notice this, with uncontainable joy. Uncontainable joy. Amen? Las Vegas last night, the Lakers beat the Indiana Pacers to win the championship of the in-season tournament. Those folks were outside of the arena and they were shouting and they were dancing before the game even started. I dare say that some of those young folks were intoxicated. (laughs) Now, if they can get that happy about LeBron James dunking the ball at 38 years old, if they can get happy about the L.A. Lakers, we can surely get happy about Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, the Son of the living God. Amen. Woo, glory to God. Amen. Jesus did more than win a Super Bowl. He left his home in heaven and became sin for you and became sin for me and took upon himself the curse. Hallelujah. I think that's something to get intoxicated about. I think that's something to get happy about. Hallelujah. May he fill you with uncontainable joy. And perfect peace, perfect peace as you trust in him. The peace of God will be uh, evident in your life as you're filled with the Holy Ghost and as you trust him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance. 
until, until you hit a fullness point. Until you radiate with what? Radiate with hope. The word radiate means to beam, diffuse, diverge, emanate, and to emit. We are emitters of hope. We're so full of God that we emit hope to the people around us. After all, we have the hope of the world living in us. Say it with me, Emmanuel. God with us. God for us. God in us. And this Emmanuel, you know what? He's coming again. I said, he's coming again. He's coming sooner than you think. He could come before December 25th. Then when you wouldn't have to pay off all those bills. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Woo, glory to God. He's coming. Jesus is coming soon. Morning or night or noon. Hallelujah. Soon and very soon. We're going to see the king. But you don't have to wait to see the king and perceive the king. You can see the king and you can perceive the king every day of your life. Right here in the nasty now and now. If you'll cultivate your relationship with him. How many of you are looking for him? I'm going to invite the praisers to come back to the platform. How many of you are looking for them today? Looking for that blessed hope, Titus says. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So take comfort in this. Amen? And emit Him and radiate with joy and radiate with hope during this season and you will go into 2024 a happy camper let's all stand up amen glory to god glory to god glory to god can we say glory can we give him glory this morning glory to god glory to god glory to god glory to god Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm a prisoner of expectation. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting down. Holy, whoo, glory to God. Amen. 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 And that's when God's word will begin to work for you. When you get so excited about it that you can't contain it. Uncontainable joy uncontainable peace. We're going to open up this altar for prayer today. If there's someone in the house that would like to be born again.